the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. You know, God desires us to enter into his presence, not only at services, but day by day and all throughout the day. We must acknowledge God's presence at all times. But let's, before we talk about that, let's pray together. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we thank you, O Lord, that you have promised that you will never leave us or forsake us. And so we are in your presence right now. We acknowledge you. We declare our love for you. And we're looking forward to a wonderful broadcast that will touch our hearts so that we can get closer to you day by day. So, Lord, we pray. And, and Lord, as, as there's a lot of fear around our country and the world with this coronavirus, we rebuke it now in the name of Yeshua. And we plead the blood of Messiah over each and every person that they would have good health and they would have strength and it would be a great week as we dedicate it to you. We bless you, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So a couple thoughts at Shoresh David. We love visitors. Uh, come to our services and bring your friends, especially Jewish pre-believers. We're in St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and Riverview. Uh, so check our website to find out times and directions at shoreshdavid.org, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. Since our services are on Friday and Saturday, we don't compete with your church services, so it's good to come. Also, getting to uh, Passover, our Passover celebration will be on Sunday, April the 12th at 4 p.m., uh, this year, we can only accommodate 180 people. So if you're interested, get your tickets this week because we're going to be filled up quickly. Call Karen, 
1-800-273-8873. We can also come to your church for a Passover demonstration. Uh, we are flexible. We'd love to come to your services or Bible study or, you know, wherever it would be excellent for us to uh, speak or, or do a demonstration. So um, please ask your pastor and see if we can get an invite, right? And if you feel this radio program each week is a blessing to you, consider helping us stay on the air with a financial gift. Finally, if you have any thoughts, you'd like information about either what I speak about or or our synagogues, uh, call Karen, 813-831-5673, or you can email me with your thoughts or questions at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So we haven't spoken about what is called the parasha in a while. Now, the parasha is that portion uh, which is read each weekend in synagogues all over the world. Last weekend's, uh, week, week's portion was terumah, and I would like to speak about that uh, particular portion as I felt it had a lot of things for us to consider. Now, the word terumah means offering, Sometimes it's uh, said as a heave offering or an offering with upward movement or an elevated offering. Now, the, the readings are as follows. The Torah reading, which is the first five books of Moses, is Exodus 25, 1 through 27, 19. The Haftorah reading, which are Portions from the prophets and and so so on would be First Kings five twenty six to six thirteen, and then of course the new covenant which the Messianic Jews add to the parasha because obviously those who are not Messianic do not have a new covenant reading, but the reading this week or this past week was Matthew thirteen one through fifty three. Now, the beauty of reading these programs is to see, uh, to see the links between the different sections of Scripture. And so it, it's really, um, well, as an example, this past week, the Torah portion talks about building the tabernacle. The Haftorah portion talks about building the temple. And the New Covenant portion is about the parables that Yeshua taught on the kingdom of heaven. So when you put those three together, it makes for very interesting reading and thinking about it. But um, I I want to mention about this uh, reading that we had in the uh, Torah. And again, it's called Terumah. And that's a free will offering for the Mishkan. Mishkan is a tabernacle. And interesting, we'll do a little Hebrew today. The root word for Mishkan is Shechan, and that means to dwell. So, for instance, many of you know the word Shekinah, or as we would say it, Shekinah, which is the glory of the divine presence of God. And it's also derived from that same root of Shechan. And so it makes sense that the tabernacle, the Mishkan, is a place where God dwells. 
because we see that that is the idea, to dwell and to have God dwell. So we see it as the presence of God. Now, in Exodus 25, 2, it says, Tell the children of Israel to take up an offering for me, meaning for the Lord, from anyone whose heart compels him, you are to take my offering. So, uh, what is this? Well, they're taking an offering to build the tabernacle, right? And so this was the first building fund. You're all familiar with building funds, right? (laughs) They had just come out of Egypt. They had gold and other valuables that they got from the Egyptians. And they gave a portion of those valuables for the building of the tabernacle. God is clear. He wanted their offering to be from their heart. Now, for the Israelites... This offering was a unifying gesture that brought the people together for one purpose, to build a house for the presence of God to reside in, right? So, in a sense, each one who gave was a part owner of the tabernacle, an investor in what God was doing. Now, we, um, we too, are more connected to things that we give to. So being part of the building of the tabernacle definitely contributed to their connection to God and to one another. But us, as, as we give more of our time, our energy, our money, the more we give, it shows our love for that particular thing. In fact, again, one of the Hebrew words for give is chav, and It comes from a word which means to love, ahava. So consider if you're part of our congregational family or a congregational family, you are to serve. You are to give. Okay. Anyway, back to the parsha. So the tabernacle that they were building had an outer court, approximately 75 feet wide, 150 feet long, with a 15-foot by 45-foot structure in the back. And that structure was included a tent, which was divided into two rooms, the holy place, where the table of showbread was, the golden lampstand, the altar of incense, and, and then the other part, or the other room, was the holy of holies. Now, that's where the Ark was, or you could call it the Ark of the Covenant, was placed. The rooms were separated by a veil or a curtain in Hebrew called parashet. And during Yom Kippur, which is the Day of of Atonement, which only happens once a year, the high priest enters into the Holy of Holies. You can read all about this in Leviticus 16. Now, the high priest only... And only on that day. So the presence of God dwelt there with the Ark of the Covenant. And when Yeshua was crucified, you remember where it says in Matthew uh, 27, um, 50 and 51, uh, about the temple and, and, and the veil 
between the holy place and the holy of holies was torn, that veil. In fact, maybe we should read it. And Yeshua cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was split in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and rocks were split apart. Now, the significance of this veil being torn which was there from the beginning of, of building the tabernacle, is, is really tremendous. Number one, Yeshua fulfilled for all times the sacrificial requirements, which is really important because he is our atonement, correct? Okay. Secondly, Yeshua ushered all of us into the presence of God, which is... Amazing when you remember that only the high priest was able to enter the Holy of Holies. Now, because of Yeshua's sacrifice, we're all able to go into the Holy of Holies. Three, besides the fact that we who believed were no longer separated from God, Jew and Gentile were no longer separated from each other. And this is really important. You know, there's a long history, commanded in God's word, by the way, that caused Jews not to fellowship with Gentiles. Gentiles at that time were referring to non-believers. Okay? So, Yeshua's crucifixion restored relationships so that we can be in the presence of each other and in the presence of the Lord. So as we continue to read in the Parsha in Exodus 25, I think it's very surprising that God instructed Israel to build the ark and the utensils first, and then the tabernacle later. So in other words, the inside first and the outside later. That's the opposite of what we do when we build a house, right? We build a house first, then we furnish it. If we consider the symbolism here, the utensils represent those things that are used to serve God. And as we look at the utensils in the tabernacle, it should remind us that our service to God should be motivated by what is inside us, and it should happen first. Okay, the inside has to be dealt with first. We should not get caught up with outward appearance or be motivated by obedience because God looks at our heart and that's the motivator. Just like God had the Israelites work on the inside first, we too are to work on our hearts, our motivation, our, so that the service is not an obligation but rather a joy and a blessing. The inside of the tabernacle and the inside of our hearts represents heavenly values that are motivated by faith through service. So the Israelites' giving was their act of service, their sacrifice of love. And I believe this is such a powerful message from the Lord for us. We're to be obedient and all the details are important and should be accomplished because Everything we do, we do for the Lord. But the motivation should be the presence of the Lord and our love for him. And our children need to learn this, the importance of obedience, and that when they pay attention to the details, the outcome is excellent. But we also have to teach our 
children how to be in the presence of the living God. This is a lesson in the physical, which carries over into the emotional and the spiritual. When we learn obedience, we're learning and teaching respect and humility, two traits that God wants us all to have within us. Even as adults, we see so many who have not learned obedience and cannot be under authority. And this is a terrible thing. God uses his word to show us patterns for our life and teach these concepts over and over again. Let me give you an example. If you were going to draw or even build a person, would you start with a rib? (laughs) Well, if you were going to build the tabernacle, would you start with the ark? God does things differently from how we do it, but as we are obedient, he teaches us something we need to know. Often God uses symbolism in what he says, plus a thread that continues throughout his word. So God told Israel to build the ark first. He uses the word for the side panels of the ark. It's called selah. And it's the same word that God uses in Genesis 2, 21 and 22 for the word rib. So the ribs provide protection for the vital organs in the upper body, including the heart and the lungs. And the ribs also help to protect major vessels in the upper body. And just like the ribs, the side panels of the ark were used to protect. They protected the Ten Commandments, which are God's instructions to us for our foundation, for living righteously with abundance. Exodus twenty-five sixteen says, You are to put the testimony which I will give you into the ark. Now, I love that translation of the TLV using testimony because it's referring to the Ten Commandments, which is the testimony of God which we are following. The ark symbolized the presence of God. And so we see that God again is blending our obedience or our following these commandments to being in his presence because that's the symbolism of the ark. It is a similar concept to without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yet, faith without works is dead. Also, I'd like you to consider this. The ark was mobile, which means it was easy to carry them from place to place because of the attached uh, carrying poles. And we also should have the presence of God mobile in our lives, too. What does that mean? Wherever we go, God's presence should be there with us. Sometimes I think we get it wrong when we say, I don't feel God's presence in the service, or I don't feel, you know, that's not right. We have to understand that just because we are in his presence now, we should be in his presence all the time. There are things that we do to push ourselves away from God. God does not leave us or just show up. Certainly, two of the things that cause us to separate ourselves from God, one is obviously disobedience and sin, It creates a wedge between us and God, and also the everyday distractions. So if you are feeling that you are not close to God at this moment, ask him if it's based on your disobedience and the sin in your life, 
or life's distractions so that you don't sense God's presence, even though he is there with you at all times. Remember, God does not move away from you. However, we oftentimes move away from him. In the Hebrew scriptures, in the Holy of Holies where the ark resided, it was the only place believers through the high priest would have their sins forgiven on Yom Kippur. In the new covenant, Yeshua, the word made flesh, replaced the temporary high priest. Yeshua became our permanent high priest and the only way to receive atonement. And so Yeshua is the only way to receive our salvation. Just as God gives detailed instructions on how to build the ark in Exodus 25, 22, it says, I will meet you there. This is God speaking. I will speak with you from above the atonement cover, because that's where his presence is, right? From between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony about all that I will command you for B'nai Yisrael. Now, God gives us detailed instructions also as to how to get closer to him. In John 14, 23, Yeshua answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Again, in this verse, we see the need for obedience and the need for love, and those two things come together, and God promises that when they do, my Father will love us, and we, meaning Yeshua and the Father, will come to us and make our dwelling with us. That's an amazing promise. And in John fifteen four it says, Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides in the, on the vine. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. So it's all about being in God's presence. Okay? One key to being in God's presence is to make sure you take him wherever you go. How do you do that? Well... You check your actions with the Lord. You check your words with the Lord. You check your thoughts with the Lord at all times. Can you imagine if we did that? Oh, my goodness. God has made a way so that he will never leave us or forsake us. It says that in Hebrews 13, 5, and 6, which is actually just a quote from Deuteronomy 31.6, again, we see the linking of the scriptures from the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant together. And in Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Chazak, and you know I love that word, it means be strong. And then it says, Chazak, be courageous, do not be afraid or tremble before them. For Adonai, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. And then in verse 7, it says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong, be courageous, for you are to go with this people into the land of Adonai, has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you are to enable them to inherit it. Adonai, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Do not fear or be discouraged. And that's a great place to leave us this day for this teaching. Let me once again 
ask you to come and visit Sharesh David, one of our locations. Check our website. Don't forget our Passover Seder, April the 12th at 4 p.m. This can only accommodate 180 people. If you're interested, get tickets now. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. We can also come to your church and do a Passover demonstration. Call Karen. If you can give us a financial gift, that would be a blessing to keep us on the air. And I pray that this broadcast really touched your heart and may your faith grow so that your desire would be to have the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel